0: Welcome to Journey Church. My name is Scott. I'm the lead pastor here. Thanks for, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, if you've been with us here for the last few weeks, you know that we've been talking about formation. And when we've been talking about formation, we've been basing it off of this, this definition by Robert Mulholland that says formation is a, it's a process of being formed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. And we've talked about that a little bit a few weeks ago, maybe just a briefly last week. And and this morning I brought in some a couple of, of Rubik's Cubes. Now, the reason I brought them in is because I feel like in some ways they can represent what we're talking about when we're talking about formation. Actually, they can represent a little bit about how we're, we might feel about formation. Because I said the, the definition is, is a process of being formed into the image of Christ for the sake of others. Now, the image of Christ is is like, this is perfect humanity. This is like, this is... For Colossians chapter 1 says that Jesus is the invisible image of God or the visible image of God. Like we see who God is when we see Jesus. And we know from what we read in Genesis that we were actually created in the image of God. And so when we're talking about being formed into the image of Christ, we're being formed back into this original image that God had created and designed us for. And it's, and it's, and it's kind of perfect, right? It's like everything is where it should be. It, it looks right. It's, it's whole. It's it's the image of God, right? And that's that's the example. That's the prototype. That's that's Jesus. And yet, from the beginning, from almost the first moment of humanity, things started to get, like, twisted, right, and, and messed up and, and broken, right? And that was from the beginning. And as we seek to follow Jesus, we, we continue to, to break things, right? We continue to make mistakes, and we continue to, to either expose ourselves to things or to be exposed to things that would like, reshape us, that would re-image us, that would distort us, and they would turn us into something that is not quite the same as it, as it once was or what it once would be or maybe even now should be. And so when we talk about formation, we're talking about being formed back into the image of Christ's likeness for the sake of others. And we know that this is a process. And I think what, when we see this, when we see the two of these things, we think, man, that is a long way to go. And this is an impossible puzzle. Trust me, I've tried it. Like, it's like, how do, you, how do you get from here? to hear. And and honestly, I think sometimes we just think, I got to try harder. I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep twisting. I'm going to try more of these practices like we're talking about. I'm going to do more devotions. I'm going to read my Bible more. I'm going to pray more. I'm just going to keep working. And yet I still end up just kind of (laughs) as twisted and broken and and far from like the end goal as, as I would hope to have been. And it, and it feels overwhelming, right? It feels frustrating because we know where we want to be. We know where we want to go. We just don't know how to get there. We don't know how to, to work this thing in reverse. And in some ways, when we're talking about formation, when we're talking about this process of being formed in the likeness of Jesus for the sake of others. like We're talking about entering into some practices, like these practices of, following Jesus, and we'll actually start with one today that that we'll talk about called the Sabbath. And and the, the hope of these practices is that little by little, as we don't try harder per se, but that as we place ourselves in the hands of a loving Father who knows what the original looks like and knows the secret to the puzzle, that step by step, practice by practice, moment By moment, in the presence of God, understanding the love of God, feeling the presence of Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, moving and and walking with him, becoming more like him, and then eventually doing the things he does, we would... You probably thought I was going to fix this, right? (laughs) No way. I was like, it's going to stay like that for the rest of the day. But eventually, eventually... Step by step, moment by moment, in the presence of our loving Father, who we sang about this morning, who loves the lilies enough to create them radiantly, who loves sparrows enough to care for them, how much more does he love us, who he created in his own image? And so this morning, as we enter into the conversation around the Sabbath, that might be a word that that sounds familiar to you, right? We have maybe have heard of the Sabbath before. If we've been in the church for very long, if we've read very much in Scripture, you come across it pretty quickly. In the Old Testament, we see that it was this command to follow. It was this, this order, this rule, this command to follow. And then when we read in the New Testament, when we look at the Sabbath, we see that it was this point of con- contention between Jesus and the Pharisees, where they just didn't get along together about this one subject. And so for many of us, like when we hear the word Sabbath, it, it rings familiar. We maybe have heard or understood this word before, but, but we're not quite sure what it means to, to practice it. I don't know what it was like for you growing up, but for me, when I heard the word Sabbath, I just thought of Sunday. I thought Sabbath was just going to church. Sabbath was just, like it was, the, the, nothing was going on, at least back in, you know, in, the, in the 80s and the 90s. There just wasn't much to do on the Sabbath. Everything was closed. There were no sports. You just, you maybe watched football and, and hung out in the house. It, honestly, it, the Sabbath just became a, another day off. And partly because I didn't, or we didn't understand what it meant to Sabbath, and we definitely didn't know what it looked like to practice the Sabbath. And so the Sabbath, at least for me, had been kind of just what I would call like a, like a no fun day. It was just, it was just it was another day off but without much to do. And that was the way I had, had approached the Sabbath. But from the beginning, from the very beginning, the Sabbath was, was gifted to us as, as more than just another day, but actually as, as a day with, with purpose. And we see this in Genesis chapter 2. So if you happen to bring a Bible with you this morning, you can open up to Genesis chapter 2. And we're going to stand to to read this short passage. Um, But if if you would stand with me as well, it will be up on the screen if you didn't happen to bring that with you this morning. But this is Genesis chapter 2, verse 2 and part of verse 3. Where it says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can have a seat. Now, I want you to notice, like immediately in this passage, what is is said here. It says that, that God rested. Now when I read this, like, the image that pops into my mind is that God like pops on a straw hat, maybe grabs a lemonade, finds a nice tree to sit by, and, and he just rests up against the tree, maybe just takes a little bit of a, a nap. Like that's the image when I hear like God rested. It's like he'd worked hard. He did a lot in those first six days. And so he deserved a break. And so he just sat down, rested, maybe took a nap. But the word that's translated rested in, in Genesis chapter 2, it's in Hebrew, it's the word Shabbat or Sabbat. And that word is the word that we get Sabbath from. And it literally means to stop, to cease from working. Now, it can also mean to rest or to delight or to worship as well. And we'll be talking about those parts of the Sabbath in the the next few weeks. But for today, we're going to focus on this first one. To Sabbath is to stop working. Now, we see this in Genesis chapter 2. It says, after God worked six days, God stopped. He ceased from his work. Now don't like just rush past that statement. Like this is this is God. This is the creator of everything who had spent 6 days creating everything. And on the 7th day it says that he stopped working. Not because he needed rest, not because he needed a break, not because it was too much for him, but honestly he stopped working because he knew that that we would need to stop. That we couldn't strive and strain and work and stress without some sort of a, a time to stop, a time to rest, a time to delight, a time to worship. Like this is how our bodies were created so that we could be refreshed and, and replenished by stopping to do some of the, those things. And so God gave this seventh day as, as a gift, the gift of, of stopping. Now, again, if, if you're like me, maybe you've understood the Sabbath more as a, a command. Like, this is thou shalt, right? Like, that's the way it was, it was introduced to me. Like, that's the way I learned or I kind of was introduced to what the Sabbath was. It's like, this is something that, that we must do. It's a, it's a command, and we're going to actually get to that in just a minute. But long before the Sabbath was given as a command in Scripture, it was given as a gift from the Creator to you and to me and to all of creation. And it's in that gift that, that God built this, this rhythm into the fabric of humanity, this rhythm that we would work six days, and then we would Sabbath, we would stop for one. Now, if you still have your your Bibles open, flip like forward, like one book into Exodus chapter twenty, verses eight through eleven. Like this is where we see the command of the Sabbath, it's right in the middle of the, the Ten Commandments. And here's what it says there. It says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Here we see that the Sabbath was not just a, a good gift, it was also a, a command. Interestingly, if you read through the Ten Commandments, like this command is, is the longest. I mean, there's some short ones, right? Like, don't thou shalt not kill, do not kill. This one goes on for like four sentences. It's significant. And the interesting thing is, maybe compared to some of those other commands, this is the one that still gets debated quite often among followers of Jesus. Is this still a binding command? If I'm a follower of Jesus, do I still have to keep the Sabbath? Or did that kind of go away when we exited the Old Testament and entered into the, this new covenant with God? Well, that's a good, good question. It's, it's a good argument, and we could continue to have that argument. But here's where I would land. I would land on following Jesus. And when I read the Gospels, when I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I see Jesus keeping the Sabbath. I see Jesus honoring the Sabbath. I see Jesus remembering the Sabbath. He just doesn't do it in a way of of rule-keeping that the Pharisees wanted him to. His way of keeping the Sabbath was much more intended with the way that it was originally offered as a gift for humanity. And as an example for us to follow as we want to interact with the Sabbath, as we want to continue to follow him, to become more like him, and to do the things that he did and, and it continues to do in us. Or as Wayne Mueller put it, he says that the Sabbath is not a burdensome requirement from some law-giving deity. You ought to, or you better, or you must, but rather a remembrance of a law that is firmly embedded in the fabric of nature. It is a reminder of how things really are. The rhythmic dance to which we are unavoid, to which we unavoidably belong. I've heard people refer to the Sabbath as kind of a, a return to Eden and a picture of God's kingdom come. Like it's a reminder of what the way it was intended to be and it's, and it's, a, it's maybe a forecast of what life will be like when, when all things are, are finished and the Lord returns and we enter into, human, into eternity with, with Christ. But Jesus famously said said this in Mark chapter 2. He says that the Sabbath was made for people, not people for the Sabbath. And there he was speaking to a generation of people who had approached the Sabbath in a very different way than, than we approach the Sabbath. Their problem with the Sabbath is maybe very different than our problem with the Sabbath in our generation. They had hundreds of rules around the Sabbath that warped God's intent for the Sabbath, his intent behind that day. Now, our problem in our generation isn't that we approach the Sabbath as a command. It also isn't that we have too many rules for the Sabbath. It's that, it's that we don't have any. Is that we have not really allowed that practice to, end, to be woven into our lives in, a, in the way that it was intended to. And sometimes not by our own fault, but just by a lack of understanding and, and maybe a lack of understanding uh, teaching on how to enter into that practice. And so for us, the reminder is to come back to what is in that command. It says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. So what does that mean? What does it mean when we're commanded to remember the Sabbath and, and to keep it holy? Well, I think it, re- it means three things. The first is this, it, it means to remember the rhythm, that six days were to work and then one day were to stop. Now, this can be really hard for us Right? Like we are we want to be productive and and active people. We want to be people that are getting things done, or at least, and if we're not getting things done, we're just having fun. Like we want to be these two things are what define us like in our culture, like what we can produce, that shows what we're worth, and then we just try to have as as much fun in the spare time as as we can. But here this command is pointing us to a rhythm that says, stop. Take some time to rest, take some time to be refreshed, to delight and to worship. So we need to remember that rhythm. Six days to work, one day to stop. And then we need to remember the rule. And when I say remember the rule, I don't mean like the rule that we're being asked to follow, like this command to keep the the Sabbath holy. It's not just this rule that we're being commanded to follow. It's actually more like a a structure that we can build our life upon. That word rule, it's the word uh, that we get. um, It actually comes out of the, the same root that we would get the word trellis. You know what a trellis is? It's like that thing you put in the ground like, and it's just all the lines, your boards, and the plant grows up it. Like, it's a structure that's in place so that a plant has a healthy way to grow up into who it was intended to be. And in a lot of ways, the, the Sabbath is that same type of rule or structure for us. It's this, it's this way that we can enter into a rhythm of, of work and rest that can actually produce in us like, who we were intended to be originally. Now, one thing to keep in mind with, with all of this is that it's an opportunity for us to kind of stop and, and to trust and to stop working, but this isn't just for, like, the employed. This isn't just for those who, who work a nine-to-five job because work can take on many forms, right? Like, like, staying at home as a parent can be a lot of work, trust me. Like, going to school and, and studying and, and earning a degree can be a lot of work. Like, work doesn't have to look like a nine-to-five job. It can just be the, the tasks that you are being called to fulfill in, in your space and, and in your place and in your circumstances of life. And so we need to remember this rule that we, we stop from our work, even if that work is, is caring for our kids. And that doesn't mean, like, just stop caring for your kids. But you know what it does mean? And we're going to probably talk about this more in the week's ahead. We don't have a ton of time to talk about it today, is that is it actually this, to stop working is going to require work. The, in, the, in a traditional Sabbath, they would have a day of preparation. They would have a day set aside to get everything done that you would typically do on your Sabbath so that when you got to your Sabbath, you could just rest and delight and worship. You didn't have to worry about making sure all the laundry was done. You didn't have to worry about checking your email because those things were, were dialed in place. And anything else, you just let go because you're just going to trust God with it. You're going to let go of, of all of those things that might draw you away from the Sabbath. They might distract you. It might cause you some, some worry or some angst. And so the last thing in this is that we would remember the, the reason. Like our father, our loving father, the creator of all things, he stopped. And then he blessed, which means he set apart. He made this holy, this one day of stopping. And he gave us this rhythm. He gave this rhythm to his creation as a good gift for them. I love how the prophet Isaiah states this in chapter 58 of Isaiah verse 13 and 14. He says, keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your your own interests, maybe work or other things, on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath and everything you do on that day and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. You see, the Sabbath is, is not just another day or worse. The Sabbath, the Sabbath is not just a, a day off. It's a practice. It's what James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, would call a, or I don't know if it's Atomic Habits or Keystone Habits. Either way, he would call it this. He'd call it a, a keystone habit, which means it's, it's foundational. It's this habit or practice that, that when, if you can get this set, if you can get this rhythm worked out, if you can walk in step with the Lord in this one, then many other ones can be built upon it. And it's actually the reason why we chose to start with the Sabbath practice first because eventually we're going to talk about prayer and then we're going to talk about fasting and then we're going to talk about silence and then we're going to talk about solitude and community and generosity and hospitality. And it's going to take us a few years to get through all of these things. So so be patient. This is, a, it's called Journey Church, not like Sprint Church, right? So it's like we're going to... We're going to get there eventually. Um, Now I I lost what I was going to say there. I tried to be be funny there for a minute. Well, be patient with yourself, I guess. (laughs) But here's the thing about it being a practice. It's where God would reshape us into who we are and to reshape us into a new way of being in the world because we have been with Jesus. In this, he's going to shape us from being people of of hurry to people of peace, from people of, of busyness to people of margin, from people of noise to people of quiet, from people of distraction to people of clarity, from people of crowds to people of community, from the people of grasping to the people of gratitude, because here's the thing: Sabbath isn't just like this good idea. Honestly, it's it's making a comeback, right? Like it it's, it's being it's trendy in some ways to, to Sabbath because there's there's so many benefits to it. Like do some research; you'll find out that there's there's a lot of benefits to, to Sabbath. It's in a, in a way similar to fasting, where where people might approach it for its for its benefit, but we're not approaching it for its benefit. We're approaching it because this is, this is God's idea. The benefit is, is just a, a byproduct of God's original intent and in design, he knew what he was doing. He knew this would be best for us. And so like all of these practice that we're, that we're gonna go through, Sabbath is, is it's a means to an end. It's not the end. The Sabbath is a means to an end, but the end isn't just to check off this box, like to get through Sabbath and say, man, I nailed that Sabbath. It was good. It was a great Sabbath. I'm, I'm done with it. But the end is actually not even to be happy or to be healthy or to be better. It's simply to participate in the love and life and presence of God himself. The end is to center our entire life around him and to live more deeply in him, becoming more like Jesus in the process in the words of St. Ignatius, that we might follow him, or sorry, that we might know him more intimately, that we might love him more passionately, and that we might follow him more closely. Like, that's the, that's the end goal. And not just on the Sabbath, but on every day of the week. As Walter Bruggemann would say, people who Sabbath live all seven days differently. Now, as we get to this point, we talked about Sabbath, and now maybe for you, like, this is, this is nothing new. Like, this, like, you've already got a, a Sabbath rhythm in place. Like, you feel like you've got this, this practice dialed in, and I would say that's awesome. Continue on. Keep, keep the faith. Keep going. All those things. But for many of us, this might feel like a, like a new thing to add into our life. Another thing to add into our life that actually might feel hard. It might feel... Confusing. We might not know what is the, the right next step. What is the best way to approach this? How do I actually, if this is like the way the Lord intended us to, a rhythm he intended for us, how do I actually put this rhythm into, into place in my own life? And so let's talk about that for just a minute, for just a, a few moments. I want to share with you just briefly like how this will look for me. In in my family this week, like we have one of these Sabbath practice guides. If you haven't gotten one of these yet, there's still more on the table on your way out. Grab one for you and anyone you know. Take them all. We just we don't need any. Um, but it, we're we're gonna read the first chapter. That's and it's not even a chapter. It's like two pages, right? And they're big words and like it's not gonna be hard to read. But it, on, on stop. Like it's a section on stop and you'll probably hear some things or see some things that I said that are in here and, and just kind of, as kind of a review. And then tonight we'll meet with our, our small group. We'll meet with about 10 other people and we're going to talk through some discussions. We're going to watch a video. I sent it out on an email yesterday. You'll find it on our website as well. Just, that just guides us into a conversation around the Sabbath and, and putting this practice into place and actually some next steps we might take. And so we're not going to just walk this road alone. We're going to walk this road in community. We're going to learn to bring this practice into our lives with, with other people who are following Jesus along with us. And so after we read this chapter and we meet with our group, then we're going to talk with our kids because they're going to have to kind of participate as well at some point, whether they like it or not. <laughs> um but we want, to bring them, we want to invite them into this. As I talked about last week, don't leave your kids out of this opportunity to stop and to slow and to enter into the presence of Jesus. So we'll have that conversation as a family. Like what could this look like for us? And then we're going to try it the following weekend. And then after that, there's a, a I don't know, there's like end of each section. There's a little place to, to reflect. So take a few minutes to, to reflect on the experience after you've Sabbath for a day. And then we're just going to rinse and repeat. We're going to go back to, back here on next Sunday to learn more about the Sabbath. We're going to get with our group to talk about it. We'll you know, review with our kids again, and then we'll practice again for another weekend. And we're going to do that for four weeks. And the hope in doing that is just to, to build this into an actual rhythm in our lives that actually works with what like, our lives look like and what God is, is leading us into. And that's just as, as an example. If you're trying to figure out what is a, a way that I could enter into this in this next week, this is just a, maybe a suggestion. And let me just follow that up with something else that's just very practical in, in this as you consider what could be a new practice for you. And it's something that I heard on, on a podcast this week by John Orberg, who's an author and, and was a pastor for a while. And, and he has this great podcast that's talking about formation and, and habits. And he says there's three things that, that you could add into that to help you when you're adding in like a new practice like the Sabbath. Three things that you could do that would help as you're adding in. The first is this. He says, start small because the enemy of this type of thing is is grandiosity. Like, if we just are trying to start, go from couch to 5K by running a 10K, like, that's not wise, right? You start by just getting off the couch. Or you start by walking for 10 minutes. I haven't done it, so I don't know. But, but Phil, you can figure it out. But with the Sabbath, it's like start small. Don't try to go 24 hours and, and turn everything off and just sit in a dark room. Like, like start small and figure out what is this going to look like for you. And have those conversations with either friends or, or family or your kids, or your small group, whatever that might be. But then following that up, the next thing would be to get wins. Because the enemy of this type of thing is, that, is discouragement. Like, it won't take long for us to be discouraged with the process if if things don't go right. And so when you start with something small, like, celebrate the small wins. Like, celebrate the fact that you shared a meal together. Celebrate the fact that you got to take a nap. Celebrate the fact that you went for a walk, whatever it is. Like, like celebrate the small wins that take place in that so that you don't get discouraged in the the moment. And then the last thing that he would say would be to be curious. Because the enemy of of this type of thing would be self-condemnation. Like, if we don't do this well, if it, if it fails, or we just kind of feel like it was a train wreck, man, we could feel like we're the only ones who don't know how to do this. Like, this is what Jesus wants us to do. This is how we are supposed to be, and, and yet I, I just can't seem to figure it out. We'll have, we'll question our self-worth. We'll, we'll question our ability. We'll question if God's even working in us. So be curious. Instead of getting discouraged or getting upset about things that don't work, actually, like, just ask yourself some questions. What worked? What didn't work? And then just make adjustments. That's the cool part about doing this for a handful of weeks. Because remember, the goal of this is is not to be great at Sabbathing. I'm not even sure that's a verb, but I made it one. The goal is not to be great at this. The goal is to be with Jesus. And that's what he invites us into. Remember, I read this just the other week. It's Matthew chapter 11. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly.